Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So, um, everyone ready for Valentine's Day? Hmm. <laughs> That's nothing? No? No. No one? I feel like I, I don't, I mean, it, I'm glad that it it seems uh, it's it's nice. People get candy. That's good. Uh, <laughs> I, pass- go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I feel the same way. Honestly, I don't. Justin and I were talking about last night. Why can't we just do another Halloween <laughs> in February? You know, like it's a long time since Halloween until Halloween. So why can't we just like this is another Halloween that we do? Yeah, mm-hmm. that one's more fun. It's true. I feel like I've done my years of like anti-Valentine's Day or like, you know, whatever, single awareness day, sad. And I'm just like, now it's like, I was fine. I'm glad people love each other and I'm glad they have a day to celebrate it. This day is not for me and that's okay. (laughs) Not all dates are for me. That's about how I feel. I just don't, I mean, honestly, from my perspective, it's a day now, at this point in my life, it is a day where I stress about, did we get valentines for the kids like to give to them and then did we get all the valentines they need to bring to their class and did we get the kind they wanted and did we get a treat to give to everybody in the class and then also did we make their valentines box that they have to have for their classroom to collect all the valentines in um these are the things that i worry about now in connection with valentine's day that's fair that's a whole other can of worms as far as kids getting valentines and what what Valentine's do they get from who at school? That oh, I, I don't I don't miss those stresses. Like going through I, the Valentines to pick the ones that you thought were the coolest to give to the kids that you like the best. Yeah, or who gets like your two big Valentines that you get in the box? Mm-hmm. I do remember making those boxes though. That yeah. was always a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Mostly because mom would have a cool idea and would do like ninety percent of it, and then would let me just like add some glitter paint it pink or something i don't think i ever did the boxes like charlie and cooper have had to but i have never had to do the boxes um i i did at least two or three times i think it feels like to me i was telling justin last night i think the problem from like uh, uh, kid stuff like stuff i have to do because i'm a i'm a parent aside um it's sometimes charlie and cooper will like try to make justin and i kiss so that they we can kiss and they can go, ooh. Like sometimes they think that's funny. And I feel like Valentine's Day is like that, but a holiday. It's like, now everybody show, show love for each other. Ooh, you love each other. Ooh, that's like the whole day. And it's like, well, I mean. Oh, is it so hard for you to be in a happy relationship on Valentine's Day, Sid? So oh, rough. is it so hard uh, for I you? Everyone wants to see how happy reminder. you are. My I just don't think it's a big deal. You. I've never thought it's a big deal. I just don't. I mean, I like chocolate. Wow. Well, <laughs> um, this must be so tough for you, Sid. I would I'm be not thinking of you going into the trenches of having a loving relationship this mm-hmm. uh, this Valentine's Day while I with sit children alone with my cat. <laughs> With children that want to see their parents love each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really they don't hard. want to see us love each other. They want to see us kiss so they can go, ooh. 
to be fair i think that's just a little kid thing because there's a whole episode of bluey about that that's where they got it oh okay yeah they want to see romance yeah which by the way guys bluey is blown up on tiktok now (laughs) i don't know if you're aware but everyone else that's in my generation has finally caught on to how good that show is i mean it's a good show i don't I don't know if I would watch it without Charlie and Cooper, but it is very good. Yeah, that's, I don't, I, I think it was mom that was encouraging me to do that the other day, was telling me in detail about a Bluey episode. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, have you seen this one? And I said, no, of course I haven't. <laughs> I'm, I'm an adult. I don't have children. Why would I? Um, well, I enjoy it. The only one I ever recommend to just like adults to watch on their own is Flatpak. Well, it just makes you cry. It's just, but it's really, it's a beautiful episode about growing up and also about evolution. <laughs> All in one episode. That's like, what are the blue, bluey episodes are like seven minutes, 11 minutes, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And somehow they managed to like chart the entire history of the evolution of our species as well as the entire like life course of a human. See, I I just like the one where the mom's trying to teach Bluey about like what it means to lose someone, and the whole time the mom is standing there holding Bingo over the bush so she can have a bush wee. Because <laughs> that's a moment that Cooper and I shared together, where I let her take a bush wee, mm. and I that feels very special to me, and also something that I can bring back up when she's a teenager and embarrass her. <laughs> oh, I don't know. She may be beyond embarrassment, Cooper. Yeah, that's that's fair. She's her own thing. Her birthday is the day after Valentine's Day. No, the day before, excuse me. The day before Valentine's Day. I know when her birthday is. Um and it, it is gonna be Adam's family themed. It's amazing. She was asking about like how can we she wanted to make it scary and bloody and she like all these different things and I'm like, Well, first of all, I don't think your friends the other the other preschoolers will enjoy that. <laughs> a bloody scary birthday party <laughs> i don't know how they will react to that um that sounds fine i was like i most kids don't like decapitation like no cooper does mm-hmm. i mean it's like a as like a hobby or as like a concept <laughs> She's always pretending to decapitate me these days. Mm, okay. I don't know how to deal with that. But she has a she has a conscience. I had I had a moment where I was like, "You feel bad about stuff, right?" And then she got she got upset at me while I was washing her hair because I she was she stopped looking up right in the middle of me dumping water on her head, you know, and so the water just went in her face, and then she cried because water got in her face. And then she turned around and she was holding a little baby bottle full of water that she was about to feed her doll and just doused me. <laughs> just soaked me. Like, I'm sitting on the outside of the tub and she just, like, soaked my entire front. And I, like, just sat there staring at her like, did this really just happen? And she was like, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> and then this morning again, she was like, hey, mom, I'm really sorry about throwing all that water on you. It's like it's okay. I forgive you. So she felt remorse. Well, there you go. 
Was this was this a question mark up until this event? You weren't you weren't sure? I mean, she draws pictures of like people without heads a lot and she talked about like decapitating me once and how would that work and what would happen. And I didn't know how to say like, well, I mean, honey, what do you mean what would happen? I I would die. <laughs> I mean, like do we have to talk about death now? <laughs> I'm not re- I'm not ready for this. I mean, as somebody that regularly draws blooding, uh, I I also I, I have I I have never murdered anybody, so I don't know. That's I'm not gonna be a shining example of anything beyond that. But I would not correlate the the drawings to. <laughs> Well, but ostensibly, Tay, at your age, you know the difference between right and wrong. <laughs> at at four to five years old, you don't necessarily yet. Well, I sure. do think it's funny the many times I've watched Cooper, like, I don't know, like, push Charlie and say something mean or whatever. And then just like Charlie, of course, is like, how could you? I love you so much. And Cooper just stands there like looking around like... <laughs> I don't understand what I did. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Why is she upset? <laughs> well, Charlie's the other extreme. Charlie, like, Cooper will barely touch her, and Charlie will do, like, a fake fall and collapse on the ground. Yeah. Like, oh, no! <laughs> My leg! I can't move! <laughs> she hurt me! <laughs> there have been many times where I've talked to mom on the phone and heard in the background, like, she's trying to kill me! She almost killed me! <laughs> Like now, Charlie, she's four. <laughs> she's bullied me again. Well, is it is it bullying if it's your sister? I mean, we've had a lot of talks about the use of the word bullying because isn't that like, just what siblings do? Well, Cooper will go in Charlie's room and start playing with one of her toys, and like not take it from her. She'll just start playing it with it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we have talks about asking to play with each other's stuff and. And, like, that kind of thing. So, like, that is a concept that we we value and that we try to reinforce. But I don't think it's bullying to go into your sister's room and start playing with a Barbie doll. You know what I mean? And Charlie will instantly say, look, she's bullied me again. And I'm like, that's not. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hold on. You need to write a definition. This is not bullying. (laughs) We can reinforce that she should ask first. I think that's fair. It's your thing. That's totally fine. But (laughs) this is not bullying. Um. Yeah, it's not like she's taking her and hiding her in a laundry basket or cutting her hair off against her will or anything like that. That was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost 40. I don't have to answer for those crimes anymore. (laughs) Speaking of crimes. Hey. (laughs) Batman the Animated Series. That's what I brought to the table this, this week. Mm-hmm. Yay. Um, That's like, a really great theme song that you're singing there, by the way. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. The opening yeah. is just uh, gorgeous. Um, I went, I, it's it's wild how, how old it is. And like when I was watching it, like you can see the, like the dust in the animation because it's all hand animation. Like it was 92 when it started, ran mm-hmm. until 95. Um, and uh, I don't know, for me, it's the, it's the, for me, just my preference, it's the definitive depiction of Batman. Okay. You know what's really interesting, Tay? Like, I remember the show. 
I remember watching it sometimes. Um, so, I mean, I was familiar with it, but uh, I didn't really have any kind of connection to it personally. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that Batman show. That was pretty good. That was about it, though. Hmm. And I was asking Justin, like, do you remember this? And he was like, uh, well, I mean, obviously, of course. <laughs> and he talked about how excited he was when, like, they found out it was coming out. And somehow, because of where his dad worked at the time, they got like an early tape of one of the episodes or something to like watch and how he just thought it was the greatest thing. He, he just loved it. And he, he loved it, especially because it was something that was a cartoon. So like for kids is sort of implicit here. Like, a, I mean, I'm not saying that's always true, but like in his mm-hmm. mind, it's a cartoon. So it's for kids. But his dad really liked it, too. So it was, like, cool enough that adults liked it. But also it's for kids. And it's funny because he definitely had that connection with it as this, like, excellent, cool, amazing thing. Especially as, like, an evolution of the character Batman mm-hmm. um, that I would I would guess is more similar to the connection you have with it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, obviously I was watching this when I was, when I was young, uh, before I really got into the Batman comics. But... I mean, it's part of the reason I did. And also, as a comics fan, there are a lot of storylines that they take from comics, especially in season one. A lot of the storylines really are just taken right from a companion story, or they have the same setup, maybe change a few details. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's amazing how well it operates, because it's not like, oh, it's an adult cartoon. Like, you know, it's right. a dark take on Batman. It's a very dark show, but I don't think it's inappropriate for... Mm-hmm for kids you know appropriately aged kids but sure there's there's no blood there is violence but it's cartoon violence Mm -hmm. yeah no i i agree with you i don't think it's i think it was cool enough that adults would watch it but it was not like you said it wasn't adult content yeah um it had i mean it was it's noir and like it has noir elements and so i think that because the genre is a more complex nuanced I don't want to say adult has so many when you use the word adult to describe a piece of media it has there's so many implications to that and that's not what I that's not what I mean either I don't mean like sex (laughs) I feel like whenever you say something's adult people assume you mean either sex or blood and like well I don't mean that I mean complex themes well I think that's it's such a uh, I mean we get a lot of those and some some, uh, with mixed results we get a lot of those type of shows now where it's like here's an adult version of this an adult version of that it's like this is a very yeah i mean this is a mature cartoon you can i can watch it at my current age and find it engaging because it is good storytelling it's just minus any of the stuff that you know would perhaps be disturbing to a a very young person which can be done without Mm -hmm. needing to have like gratuitous sex jokes and language and gross stuff um I will say I had never seen this, oh. which I think is because mm. probably it was on and over all before I existed. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the ones that we've talked about, I feel like there was at least some overlap, and that's why I caught glimpses. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, it was definitively past its past its era um, when I was born, so I'd never seen it. Um, but I guess it makes sense. I was thinking about like, well, I know who Batman is. And I thought, like, I know, like, the recent, you know, like, live-action Batman movies. Like, I've seen those, and I know that's Batman. But Batman's been around longer than that. And he must have been around outside of comic books, because it wasn't just, like, a, you know, 
comic book audience. It was like a more widespread audience or else I wouldn't have known who Batman was. Um, but I had never experienced where like the modern depiction, popular culture image of Batman came from. And I assume it's, it's this cartoon like you were saying, Tay. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, Taylor, you can correct me. I feel like this is an area you're going to know a, a lot more about than me. But I feel like that the original, not the original Batman. I'm not talking about campy Batman. I mean, like, Batman movie 1989. Yeah. Is, is I mean, a similar, like a darker Batman. Yeah, but I, I think it's still, I mean, it keeps that balance of, like, it's dark. It's aesthetically dark. Yeah. Its themes are dark, but it's not like there's a point where Batman became in kind of a nihilist in a lot of modern cartoons yeah. mar- and, and movies. And I kind of at this this sweet spot where it's like it's dark, but Batman himself is still kind of a hopeful character. Mm-hmm. Like I forgot this going back and like watching it a bit more chronologically, like especially in like the first episodes, which uh, were apparently aired wildly out of order. Uh, so if you mm. like watch mm-hmm. it on like HBO Max, like it's right now, and watch the order they have it in, it's completely different than the aired order oh, um, okay. or the the produced order. But anyway, like from the very beginning, there's a clear desire to show that Batman tries to save every villain he comes up against. You know, he tries to give them outs that aren't just get thrown into Arkham, you know, Mm -hmm. or like tries to help like Clayface find a cure, you know, like shows up to like deal with, with Selina Kyle on his own. So the police Mm -hmm. don't have to get involved. And that's, I I like that Batman a lot more than just like, the world's a, the world is a vampire (laughs) set to drain. (laughs) Well, the most emo, sad, sad, angry man. Well, because they really start to imply over time, especially like with his relationship with the Joker, that they're more similar than they aren't. And like that they're both like fundamentally messed up in a way that is I, I, I mean, I feel like they kind of imply that is harmful, um, which is. You know, weird since Batman like saves people. I don't, um, but like they do get to that point with the evolution of the not on this show, but like with the evolution of the character Batman, where like he's kind of bad too, but he doesn't hurt people. But he's kind of bad. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's what I think. Like that, it, it goes against which I, I don't know. I, I feel like the conception of Batman. Well, I mean, not like the the very like the conception of Batman is it's a guy that dresses as a bat and he's a detective. Like that was it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very silly concept. Uh, but I think that whole, like, he he has experienced trauma, so he understands his rogues gallery in a very specific mm-hmm. way. Because they all, they're, well, for whatever reason, they're a, they're a bad guy. Usually it's based in trauma. So he understands that. So he kind of walks in between, like, you know, yeah. the law and, and the villains and can help them. Because he understands them. But yeah, there is a point where I think a lot of the narratives push it over to like, he's just another crazy person. He's just crazy in a way where he targets villains. It's like, well, it's a, <laughs> that's a different Batman. I guess not, well, if that's your favorite Batman, that's fine. It's not mine. Yeah. It, it is a long way away from like what I think this this cartoon was trying to counteract, which is the Batman who carries shark repellent and... <laughs> 
the, the campy Batman uh, with the blue costume. <laughs> yeah. But it still does pay like homage to that. Like there's a there's a scene where where he fights the the Joker shark, and it's very much mm-hmm. a, a Batman <laughs> shark <laughs> moment. You know, there's the. It's a great episode where they bring back oh, what is it, the Great Ghost, uh, where they have Adam West do the voice. Yeah, that that mm-hmm. episode always brings a tear to my eye because it's just a very sweet homage to like you know the Batman prior, the sort of heroes prior. The the Batman who got all the world leaders mixed up. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, I want to talk more about. There's some specific things I didn't know. As I was as I was watching the show again and then reading some about it, um, there are some specific things I did not know about this series that I think probably you already knew and thought were cool. Uh, but before we get into that, let's check the group message. All right. Well, we've already mentioned Valentine's Day is coming up, and that usually means candy, right? Buy yourself some candy. You don't have to wait for somebody else to buy you candy. You can buy yourself some candy if you want. Just eat candy. Um, you can also celebrate candy with Native's new limited edition candy shop collection. So they've got some deliciously fresh new scents uh, that are candy inspired candy. I was going to say candy coated, but they're not like physically candy coated. Like they're coated in a metaphorical way, right? Mm. Like candy scent. You know what I'm trying to say? They smell like candy. They smell wonderful. <laughs> And the thing about native deodorant is that uh, you know exactly what's in it. Their ingredients are things like coconut oil, shea butter, baking soda. Um, but it's still, you know, it's a it's a deodorant that you know what's in it and it works well. It's 72-hour odor protection, um, a smooth, residue-free application, so you don't have to worry about it getting all over your clothes. And it offers a variety of scents um, in addition to the new limited edition uh, candy scents that um, we we have all received and checked out. Um, there is a, a strawberry and vanilla taffy. I know we got that smells amazing. Um, the the one the cinnamon candy hearts. Uh, Charlie really wanted to steal from me because she loved the smell of it so much. Uh, there's gummy bears. There's sourberry belt, um, and uh, that's in addition to all of the uh, usual flavors. Not flavors. Their scents. Don't eat it put it on your body it smells great uh that you would love um if you want to smell woodsy or clean or fresh or whatever um and so uh check out native deodorant the new scents are amazing and they're just in time for valentine's day and if our listeners want to do that taylor what should they do well right now go to nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout to get a sweet 20 percent off your first order that's nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout for 20 percent off your first order taylor i didn't know justin told me this actually that there is a character that was made in this series that, that i mean this blew my mind Oh, you mean like that was debuted in the mm-hmm. series? Yeah, like the the character that's probably best known for being debuted in the series. Are you talking I Harley Quinn? Know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I Harley didn't Quinn know was, that. Uh huh. Did not exist in the comics before this. Uh, she first appears. I think Joker's favor is the first episode she's in, which is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, and she is she is presented as one of Joker's henchmen, but you don't really get a lot of her backstory. I don't think she was initially meant to be much more than just a member of Joker's game, 
gang who was a who who was designed like a harlequin and and was a woman and then they they had such a good reaction to her and uh, Paul Dini was her creator he wrote that episode and uh, they kept plugging her back in and then eventually gave her a backstory and developed her character a lot more and then that character transitioned into the comics um after that but yeah that's that's so i i had no idea i just assumed because i never really read batman comics so i assumed they were that like she was just part of you know batman comics and the fact that she wasn't in the you know the movies that i had seen before that didn't really well you know she's she must be from the comics it never occurred to me that this is where she was introduced Uh i didn't know that at all i guess i just assumed she was in the comics Mm yeah yeah it was uh that was, um, I mean, that was not that, like I said, it was, she was introduced in the comics while the show was still on. Mm-hmm. So it was some point in the, in the production, they issued, there was a Mad Love comic, which told their backstory, and there was also a Mad Love episode. Um, but yeah, that, um, the, the, maybe the most long lasting contributions, uh, to the Batman verse from Batman, the animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why do you? Why do you think she was so popular when added to the series? Like, why do you think of, like, the, you know, all the characters? That was one that was introduced and obviously stuck around for always. Um, I mean, I think partially because she was just tangential to the Joker, who was always such a popular character. Mm-hmm. But also she's such a stark contrast to a lot of the other, to the other women characters you have. I mean, there are other, you know, women who were both villains and heroes, but you've got, like... Catwoman and Poison Ivy, who both kind of, like, they're both very different characters, and they've been written very differently, but at their core, they're both like, ooh, sexy, femme fatale, like, you know, Mm -hmm. they're serious, very dangerous. Harley Quinn was just a very different type of character to that, you know? Um, Well, when she was introduced, I mean, I know that the evolution of the character in a lot of depictions today is, I would say, is depicted as a very sexy character. Um but that I would not have said that up when she was introduced. Oh, the, the 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 Harlequin suit, not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm not saying like listen. If that's your thing, that's fine. I'm not. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it is not overtly sexual in the way that certainly a lot of other female characters would have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I different feel- than Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I still feel like even modern Harley Quinn doesn't quite meet that level i think catwoman is like the i feel like the peak of like this is what sexy lady villain heroes look like (laughs) villain heroes that's true yes (laughs) i mean she's all in like leather vinyl or whatever that is i don't know how much Mm -hmm. more you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean well and even with poison ivy like being seductive is part of her game plan like Mm -hmm. she doesn't you know she's She's very much a feminist character, but she will absolutely seduce you so she can poison you with her lipstick. But yeah, Harley Quinn just has like a giant mallet. I don't know. Yeah, it's very, as as much as she has been sexualized in certain comic book iterations and they keep trying to change her outfit into something other than what it originally was, you know, like what if, what if it's like, no, just go back to the original. The original's mm-hmm. good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that bothers me too because the original is good and it's like it it is kind of scary it's not scary scary is more it's it's disturbing you know 
Like if somebody came at you wearing that outfit, you'd probably be pretty freaked out. Like carrying a large hammer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's supposed to be a gymnast. Like that's supposed to be kind of her thing. She's very like that. You you watch, you know, that that outfit's like, yeah, I can imagine you could. I don't know. I don't know. Gymnast in that. You could gymnast in that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like there was one. Oh, gosh, it was a a while ago. They did a relaunch of like all the DC titles, the new 52. And they had her in not only like a corset, but the corset had like knives pointing downwards anchored in it, Mm -hmm. like towards her, her stomach. And it's like, that feels just design wise. (laughs) Yeah. Not none of that works. Uh, A lot of why? I don't know. I like the I feel like the because I get the like the need to do something more interesting. You know, that's the one interesting thing about her design. Many things. But she was designed for the cartoon, which -hmm. is always going to be pared down. It's it's, you know, going to be easier to draw a million times. So I understand why comic artists have tried to make her outfit a little bit more visually interesting because Mm -hmm. they have the time to draw it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the only the iteration that's been most successful to me is the like Derby Girl take, mm-hmm. where she's got like the top and the and the shorts and like yeah. sometimes she wears skates. I, I get that. I feel like that's a good translation of her same vibe in the in the animated series. You know, sure. Yeah. No, I think so. I and I actually think um, I don't know how much you've watched of like DC superhero girls <laughs> or. <laughs> um, or what's the other one? There's DC Superhero Girls and there's the one where they're in high school. Anyway, um, Harley Quinn is depicted as a teenager in these. Mm. And I, I think that it's it's a similar thing. It's like a younger vibe for the same outfit. And I like her as a character in those because she's still like a student and like good She's not doing crimes or anything yet, but she causes like a lot of mischief and sometimes it goes too far and she's tempted to do actual crime, but she doesn't want to, but she will and she's torn. And it's like, I don't know, it's a fun like we're kind of alluding to the fact that she's going to be bad someday. But right now she's just like, I just love chaos. I don't know. I can't help it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's because, you know, I I think that I mean, similarly to, to Catwoman, uh, maybe even more so in modern comics, she's a bit more anti-hero than, than villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's a very sympathetic character. I, I think she's a good, the fact that she's the character that was sort of launched from this specific Batman the Animated Series makes sense because it has, she, her design has that sort of empathy for the villain built into it you know you get mm-hmm. her backstory you get everything that that happened to her and you and and she operates there are many episodes where like she's either it's kind of a funny episode that involves her like there's not any real threat or she helps out batman at some point when the joker yeah. has like a nuclear weapon <laughs> it's like oh i don't want i don't want that to happen i'll help you out batman <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, she's definitely more complex um, which is also cool, too, because she is a female character and and she's given that sort of nuance and complexity in a way that like even it took a while, as as we've talked about, to get Batman that sort of complexity. Yeah. Which is weird because he had it like, I I mean, he had it in this in the animated mm-hmm. series, you know, they make a point of like showing his friendship with Harvey Dent before everything happens to Harvey and he becomes Two-Face. And that's a really, mm-hmm. for a kid show, that's a very uh, emotionally like, like 
intense storyline that this was his best friend and then this you know he he has like several chances where he's trying to save Harvey Dent there's never that the the Batman in a lot of the movies is so detached from Gotham you yeah. know he his only companion is Alfred he is alone especially the modern movies and Batman the animated series firmly roots Bruce in like Bruce exists Bruce is mm-hmm. not just this masquerade that the Batman wears which is kind of again that modern take I I prefer that like yeah yeah no I I think that's better too because I get I think it's kind of cynical the take on Bruce Wayne that like in order to like fly under the radar and not be figured out as Batman he has to be this like total jerk total ostentatious like rich you know a whole kind of you know what I mean like playboy like it has to be that it's only this and then he can be Batman (laughs) do you think that that people in charge of not making the Batman, but like making the Batman medias um, thought that like, because that was how he was in a cartoon, they wanted to like firmly separate it from anything that could be like for kids. So they were like, let's make it, let's make him not, you know what I mean? Like not more adult in like the gory, like, like you said, said like gory, sexy way, but more adult in like the sense that it's not a character that's as appealing to any younger audience. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I could believe that just like, I think that's a, I think a lot of media does that. Like we want to separate ourselves and have our take on it, you know, mm-hmm. which is, I, I understand that from a creative point, but that it's also hard when it's like, no, 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 but this, this was good. <laughs> like you yeah. should have done this. Like, I feel like the Michael Keaton Batman kind of gets there. Like you kind of, he's a, he's a Bruce Wayne as well as yeah. he's a Batman. He has a lot yeah. of humanity. Whereas when we get to like, and I, I, I love I was about to say Patrick Bain. <laughs> I love Patrick Batman. Um, <laughs> uh, like I, I like the the darkness of the character, but also it's like there's no Bruce Wayne there. Uh, there's yeah. just there's just the bat, and whatever Robert Pattinson did, I don't know. I I, I dug it in a whole other one. way. Anyway, it's just emo, emo, very emo <laughs> Batman. I didn't see. It. Yeah, well, Vampire I Batman. That, yes, I think that as as it's evolved, part of it. There's been this sort of, I don't know, this is just something that I have observed and maybe I'm wrong. I'm just throwing this out there because we're talking about it. I do feel like there was this push for a while for characters that were created in things like comic books or, or in cartoons. Things that had like the ability to be a little more fanciful or creative or less realistic. There was this push to like give everybody an explanation but let's say why they're like that. Like, that seems weird. Let's give it, let's make it really clear. And I feel like that that took us down some really unfortunate roads where we have to like get so grounded in like, I mean, that's what, that's how we end up with a Joker who's the, in, who's an incel, right? Like, yeah, you know, like we have to make it make sense. And so now we've made it make sense. He's an incel and it's like, okay, well, I hate this now. Like, <laughs> this is no fun. I'm not enjoying it anymore because it's not this hyperbolic you know i mean it's not real it's it's pretend (laughs) nobody Mm -hmm. really like has this sort of childhood trauma and then to cope with it dresses up as a bat and solves crimes like (laughs) that's not nobody's gonna do that (laughs) well okay somebody is somebody has done it everybody's done everything someone in human history has done it but you know like it's it's not real and that's okay and i feel like there was this movement for a while where we needed to 
I put that in the same category as like when we had to give the Grinch a secret bullied backstory to make sense as to why was the Grinch so Grinchy? Well, it's because all the kids in school made fun of him when he was little. Yeah. And it's like, well, how about he's just a Grinch? How about we just accept that he's a Grinchy Grinch and he doesn't have to have like the sad backstory? We got the baby Grinch. I was going to say, yeah, that's that's an excellent baby. I love that little Grinch. No, I will not. The who's... The Who's are unfairly depicted. <laughs> they understand the meaning of Christmas. That's who the Who's are. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like the Christine Bransky materialistic, like, fancy fancy Who's. I mean, that. see, that's unfair. You have to separate Christine Bransky from the plot, though. Like, yes, of course, I love everything Christine Bransky has ever done or touched or been a part of because she's incredible. But I don't love this depiction of the Who's. Well... I, I get what you're saying. I don't know if that's the best example because I, I too thoroughly enjoy like the that whole reason is a fun backstory. Mm-hmm. But you are like that. I mean, especially with something a property that is it is a little goofy on surface. The the I mean, most comic books are right, and like right, you've got to kind of have that slightly heightened reality, you know. And that's what like yes, it's like. Spider-Man comics are not mm-hmm. set in this New York City. They're set in a very specific right. New York City. And it kind mm-hmm. of has a, a specific, like, vibe to it that fits with the personality of Spider-Man. And I, I think Batman's very true, too. Like, this, the noir setting, the mm-hmm. Gotham as sort of this, you know, this this gothic, dark, like hyper-realistic place. I, I feel like you kind of need those wrappings because once you try to start explaining everything, I, I, I felt like the goofiest was when they had the Catwoman in the um, the the Nolan movies, uh, Anne Hathaway. It was great in the role, but her goggles that she used to like do crime looked like cat ears on her head because she can't, she can't actually be a cat. She can't have a cat motif. Because that yeah. would be goofy, right. So we got to explain it. Like, I mean, they did the same thing with his little ears. Like, his little ears had, like, sound things in it. It's like, can mm-hmm. he just, he dresses like a bat, though. Like, we, we recognize this, right? Like, Well, because, I mean, like, I, like, we all dug it when Michelle Pfeiffer was just like, I'm a cat now. I'm dressed as a cat. Exactly. Check this out. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> I'm with it. Dress like a cat. Yeah. I love everything that's happening. Like those, those, that, those, like the, the Burton to the Schumacher movies got a little ridiculous, but I feel like they started off in the right place. But do you think that's why, and I, this is not something that I feel very strongly about, so I'm not trying to start like a, like some sort of war over this. This does not need to be a bunch of emails or discussion threads. But when I look at like Marvel and DC, and like the way their different movies have gone in recent years and all the success that the Marvel universe has had with all of their movies. I feel like like most recently we watched the new Thor movie. And I feel like that fun is still there. I feel like parts of it feel a little silly. Parts of it are a little goofy. Like sometimes it's a little self-aware. Do you think that that is where DC keeps trying to take itself so freaking seriously and that they need to have a little more fun because it is a, from a comic book? I do think that is true. I think that Marvel's maybe gone almost too far in the opposite direction. This is just my opinion, again. Like I, and I'm also, yeah. like, I, I will say I, I watch pretty much any superhero movie that comes out, like, happily. Like, I, I don't, I'm not, like, you know, it, to me it feels like judging pizza again, like, microwavable pizza, it's still pizza, still good. Like, $1 mm-hmm. slice in the sure. corner, still pizza, still good. Really fancy pizza. Yeah. Pizza. It's all pizza to me. Um, but I do think that, like, the, the DC movies have tried to, 
maintain a more serious real world tone while that while Marvel is leaned into like, oh, people like jokes. Let's have more jokes. Like that mm-hmm. is where the charm of the Marvel movies has been. Um, so I don't know. I mean, they've got new people at the head of right. They just did that big revamp in the DC cinematic universe. We'll see yeah. what comes out of that. I did like the uh, the the second Suicide Squad movie. I thought was 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 good. The the James Gunn Suicide Squad. I, is that the I one thought with it Pete was Davidson in it? Yes. For like twenty seconds. Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought it was good okay. too. Yeah. yeah. No, I actually I enjoyed that too. I will say. Um, well, that. And I and I like the the Harley Quinn movie. I know it was it was controversial because it had just so many women in it, and anytime a movie has lots of women, <laughs> it's controversial. But I, controversial. I thought it got it got the right tone. Like it was silly. It fit with the character. It was a believable like uh, Gotham. And I think, I mean, I think to get back to the Batman, the animated series, like, I think it's cool when, and this is way ahead of its time, when a cartoon that, and especially in the 90s, if something was animated, the the implication for a parent is going to be, this is for kids. And again, I'm not saying animated stuff is for kids, but like that it would have been the message sent in the 90s. Mm-hmm. The idea that it would address, that it would be on those noir themes, which were usually considered, oh, that's a grown up thing, that it would be addressing slightly deeper issues, that it would talk about things like Batman's guilt over the death of his parents. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the idea that we can address that stuff and still make it fun and cool and kids can watch it and their parents can watch it with them was a really ahead of its time idea in this country. I know that that's not the history of animation all over the world, but for us, that was, that was a, pretty advanced idea now it's commonplace like we talked about bluey we watch blue with our kids we watched steven universe with our kids it was as much for us as it was for them right like that's a commonplace idea but it was not in 1992 absolutely well and and even the shows that had like the little wink and nod jokes for, for parents were comedic like this is not a comedic show which is it is weird mm-hmm. as like a cartoon like there's not there's it's very light on the humor, and I think the humor that you do get is a little, it's a little perverse. <laughs> like, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned that the Joker's favor episode, where like some random dude cuts a Joker off in traffic, and then the Joker stalks him for two years to like he eventually has <laughs> yeah. to pay him back a favor. It's a very like disturbing plot line that's kind of funny, but in a very pitch black way. Like yeah, I don't yeah. think a kid's gonna laugh at that. Like. Yeah, no, which is exactly why, like, leaving characters like the Joker in that sort of hyperbolic realm where they're a little beyond reality is probably the best way to continue to handle them and not make them like, but what if he was real? Well, that's (laughs) And what if he was just pissed off at the world that gave him a raw deal? (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Like, even, like, the Joker in this is also... This is my definitive Batman. It's also my definitive Joker because Mm. this is... And if you disagree, you like it different, that's totally fine. This is just what I like. Uh, sure. But it's like he he will be entertained for two years by stalking a random man and plotting how he's going to like what he's going to do with him and then, you know, move on to the next weird thing. Like he's to- when, when he's an agent of chaos, he's not like an agent of chaos because I'm I'm, you know, raging against the machine. It's like, no, he just literally is like, this is what entertains me now. Hee hee. And then moves on to something else. Like just completely he's not random. Like- it's not like I'm not something that is loved. I'm an idea. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Not uh, that Joker. No. No. Like just, and I mean, uh, you know, like the 
the the comic that you know, I mean, we, even we did the Killing Joke forever ago, and even that one, which I like, but it's because it gives you this whole backstory, and then it kind of establishes this could be the Joker just making this up, because mm-hmm. his backstory changes every other day. That's that's what the mind of the Joker must be like to behave the way he does. I mean, also you've got Mark Hamill voicing the Joker yeah. in this, mm-hmm. and that is just mm-hmm. you know, that's the best. Yeah, that's what I mean. After Luke Skywalker this is the second thing that he will be most remembered for always. Right. Yeah. I would think that's fair. Yeah. Well, anyway, I really enjoyed it. I did too. You know, I didn't watch it with Charlene Cooper, but I bet definitely Cooper seems like she would like it. That's what I was going to ask if you had. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, and I think that, you know, the, it's a lot, there are a lot of episodes. Uh, there is an, and there's a change to the character designs. I think it happens the fourth, like, official season but that it was the third season but they cut it up on the dvds weirdly later on in the show there's an animation change that i think is a little bit more kid friendly the designs mm-hmm. get a little bit more cartoonish because I, I which i don't know I, people have different feelings about it as adults but i could see kids preferring the later designs and that's i'll have to i'll have to have them both check it out i don't know Char- they might both like it i mean and they're familiar with all the characters because we do watch um, some of the some of the DC shows that are for kids they really like like there's a lot of good stuff for especially aimed at young women in the DC universe yeah. a lot of stuff that is like I find very positive and um, empowering and you know cool for, for young women to see a lot of good stuff about female relationships that aren't competitive or combative you know but that are like true supportive friendships oh, I do there are a couple <laughs> They say there's a lot of good early Harvey and uh, or Harley and Ivy content in the animated series. There's a there's a great episode where they kidnap uh, Bruce Wayne, not knowing he's Batman, and have him like use his credit cards to buy them a girl's day out. It's just a, it's a very goofy episode. It's it's very lighthearted. That was always one of my favorites because it's just it's the, one of the first Harley and Ivy episodes you get. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tay. I enjoyed it, and I will. I'll show it to Charlene Cooper. I bet Cooper will really like it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like up her alley. Well, thank you for checking it out. Riley, what's next? Yeah. um, I want to talk about music, um, specifically an artist that's a newer artist that I really like called um, Lizzie McAlpine, like Alpine, but with a Mick at the beginning, like McElroy, but McAlpine. (laughs) Like the, right. like is the it Mac- MC or MAC? MC. Got it. Because she says it like Mick, even though you all say Mac, but that's fine. Hey, We're not listen. here to judge how you say your last name. I, As I always tell patients when they ask me why it's pronounced that way, I say, I don't know, ask my husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, specifically, she has just one. Um, I think it's actually an EP. I don't know if it's technically an album, but it's called Five Seconds Flat. Um, all right. So yeah have found her we will listen thank you all right well thank you both um if if you all haven't watched um batman the animated series from back in the 90s it's great where where did i stream it i always just search things on my apple tv and then i don't know what i found it on um it's on hbo max HBO Max. yeah mm-hmm. okay i never know which app i pop like when you do the general search and then it pops up in an app i never remember like where did i find it um Okay, so check it out. It's great, um, especially if you like if if you like Batman's Batman, Batman. <laughs> or Man Bats. They're both. They're, either way, 
thank you uh, to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org. Check out a lot of great shows that you would enjoy. Um, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuffering at MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mine. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. Talk about, I think this is where I developed my fear of the scarecrow. Um, the scarecrow redesign, especially, mm-hmm. is really terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where that comes from. That one, I would say that's definitely not for kids, but then Cooper would probably really dig that. She would. <laughs> she would. She would. Oh, Russ. Hey, hey. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I found you in line. These clouds are really freaking me out. I hate having to stand in line, and boy, what a line. These giraffes do not smell good. No, they do not, and they have such short necks. But I'm hearing we need to get on this we ark. we got to get on the ark. It yeah. is about to rain. God is about to destroy humanity. Hey, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Are you Noah? Yeah, I know we look like humans, but we're actually, (laughs) we're podcasters. (laughs) We are podcasters, so it's different. Have you heard of Ono, Ross, and Carrie? We investigate spirituality, claims of the paranormal, stuff like that. And you have a boat and say the world's going to end, so it seemed like something for us to check out. We would love to be on the boat. We came two by two. What do you think? Ono, Ross, and Carrie, available on MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.